Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry once again, bringing you the Word of God. Again, it is always an honor, always a privilege to uh, speak the Word to you. I'm so grateful that you're connecting with us. Praise God. Now, I really mean that. I know I say it every week, but I'm just telling you, I mean that with all my heart. It is an honor uh, to be able to bring the Word to you. Today, once again, we're going into Psalms 34 as our key verse. We've been working through a series called God Is, talking about His character, uh, His nature, His personality, His ways, who He is. Amen. God Is. And, of course, we started with God Is Good here in Psalms 34 and 8. It says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And as we've brought out every week, that that right there, taste and see, refers to perceiving and experiencing it. Amen. So we want you to perceive it and experience the fact that God is good. Amen. Now, I started this series with God is good because I believe it's a good springboard to, to come off of when you just talk about how good God is. I mean, everything we're talking about, it just comes out of the fact that God is just good and good all the time. Amen. And so every week we've kind of been bringing out a different uh, a different characteristic, so to speak, or a different piece of his character or nature. Amen. We talked about the fact that God, uh, God is merciful, praise God, that his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. That uh, he's rich in mercy, we talked about. We talked about in a week there, we dealt with uh, the love of God, talked about God is love. Amen. He's always love. He always abounds in love. But that we, we dealt with love in the sense of how God is in his nature so driven by an unconditional love toward you and me. Amen. And that's kind of what we focused on that week. Uh, last week, we talked about that God is always uh, for us or with us, praise God, that no matter what's against you, who's against you, no matter what kind of warfare you're dealing with, and we kind of got dove into that, spent a little time there even in Romans 8, praise God, and uh, talking about the fact that God is always with us, amen. And this week, I'm going to talk about that God is able. Now, in some ways, it's kind of kind of shift the series, just start to kind of shift a little bit, not just talk about his character, but kind of now diving into a little bit more of his characteristics, amen, so to speak, or his attributes or distinctive traits, amen, things that he does, amen, that, that begins to exemplify who he is, praise God. And today we're going to talk about how God is. God is able, praise God. And that's out of Ephesians. We're going to go Ephesians chapter 3. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 3, please. Oh, hallelujah. Hope you got an ear to hear today, child of God. Ephesians 3, a common text, um, and that is verse 20. It says, now to him who is able to do, amen, exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power of that works in us. Praise God. Let me read that again. Verse 20. Now to him, talking about our father, amen. Now to him who is able, amen, to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now what I'm going to do today, I'm going to define this verse out a little bit, spend a little time doing that, and then kind of use that as what we're going to jump out of then. Verse uh, 20 again, now to him who is able to do. Now, this word able here is a word uh, duname, okay, which means to be able or to be possible, okay? It means to be of power. In other words, it refers to one that has uh, the ability and the power to do something, amen, has the ability 
and the power. Amen. Hallelujah. And obviously, uh, most probably are getting that, but it says to him who is able. In other words, he who has the ability, he who has uh, the, uh, the power, he who has the, uh, you know, the to be possible, uh, you know, that's, that's, that we need to get something done. To him who is able to do. Now, that word poyo, okay, to do is a word that means to make, um, to execute, to fulfill, uh, perform, or uh, literally refers to perform or provide all needed when needed. Okay, and that'll kind of come up here again, uh, to perform or provide all needed when needed. So he's able to do. In other words, he has the power and the ability to perform or provide all that's needed when needed. Okay, he's able to do. Amen. Hallelujah. He's able to do, hallelujah, uh, exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Now, I'm going to come back to that here in a second because I want to kind of look at these, uh, this last bit of the uh, verse here. It says, according to the power that works in us. Okay. Now, all this able to do, and then, of course, there's some other things being said here, but all, all his able to do is going to be according to something. It's according to the power that's working in us. Now, let's define that because this really comes up uh, a lot in this today. Uh, the word power here is dunamis, okay? So it's real simil- similar to able, okay? In other words, duname, but this is dunamis, okay? Which it means a force. In fact, that's its first word. It means a force, but it refers to a miraculous power or ability or might. It literally means a to-be-possible force, okay? A to-be-possible force, okay? In other words, something to-be-possible force. Now, hang on to that because he's talking about you and me. According to the to-be-possible force that works in us. Okay, everything, all that we're talking about here is going to be according to the to-be-possible force, that which is active. Here, it's, this word works means that which is active in us, okay, or efficient or works effectually, okay, it means uh, be mighty in or something that's energized or active, okay, to be active or energized, okay? So in other words, that to-be-possible force that's active in, in you and me, that's energized within you and me. In other words, whatever whatever here, uh, best way we can say it, whatever is working in you or believe, whatever you can believe for, that to-be-possible force that you can believe for is going to activate for you, is going to come alive, is going to uh, perform, it's going to be. So in other words, all that God is able to do, amen, is going to be hinged or dependent on what's working in you. Amen. That's why you see a lot of times people out there are not seeing, uh, you know, things moving in their life. They're not seeing certain things happening that even though there's a promise in the word about it, even though there's things that we know God can do, we have to understand that God is also willing to do and wants to do, amen, and waiting to do, amen, in a sense, uh, for his people. All he's asked to do is just get it working in him. If we can get it working in you and get it working in me, we're more apt to see these signs, wonders, and miracles that everybody wants, praise God, to see God in action, to see God do, amen, the uh, impossible, praise God, so to speak, hallelujah, which is uh, going to be a key word coming up here, praise God. Now, the Amplified brings this piece of it out. It says it this way, uh, is able to do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Now, that's the tail end of that verse there, but it says this again in the Amplified. He is able to do what superabundantly, 
far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. So in other words, he's trying to basically say, how big can you ask? All right, how big can you ask? How big can you think here? All right, how big can you uh, pray, so to speak, or desire, or hope, or dream? See, that's what, that's how big, how big can we get it working in you is then going to determine how much is going to be working for you. Amen. Whatever we can get working in you, Amen. And really, that's why we're doing what we're doing right now, because, you know, faith comes by hearing. So, you know, we want to keep teaching this and try to get this active in you, try to get it energized and try to get it somehow working in you. Amen. So that you can get that to be possible force in action. Why? To get the impossible done for you. Praise God. To get that duname. Amen. Which was that first word able to do or possible to do the ability and power to get something done. Praise God. And that's what we want. Well, we got to get it working in you. Praise God. So that's why we're doing it. Praise. That's why we're teaching this. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, the how big, how big can you ask or think or pray? The how big is going to be based on that two uh, to be possible force uh, that's active in you, all right? Now, hang on to that because that's, that's just going to be something we're going to constantly bring up here, all right? Now, the Greek, okay, I'm just going to bring this out in the Greek, this particular verse. It adds a little bit to it because when you get into the interlinear of this, okay, so the Greek interlinear kind of brings it out uh, because there's a word in there that, in a sense, is kind of stuffed in there that, that really doesn't get brought out in, in the uh, New King James or even the Old King James, for that matter. And it says this in the Greek, to him now being able beyond all things. Okay, now this is the, the Greek word pass, okay, which means the whole of things, everything, whatsoever, whosoever. In other words, it's just all, all of the above is what it's referring to. Now to him being able beyond all things, to do exceedingly above what we ask or think according to the power working in us. Okay, that's how the Greek brings it out. There's a, Greek, there's a word in there that brings this out beyond all things. Now, the reason that's important is because everything we're talking about today, when you're talking about God is able, there's, there's nothing that limits God. Nothing limits God. And so beyond all things, in other words, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're looking at, no matter what's happened, no matter your past, no matter your, uh, you know, your uh, family situation, your health situation, your financial situation, no matter the, uh, the weather, no matter the economy, no matter any of these things, and these are all things going to be touched on today a little bit. So no matter what we're dealing with, what we're facing, who we're facing, uh, okay, that's what he's trying to say, beyond all things. In other words, he's able to do beyond all things. It doesn't matter what you're facing. We just got to get it working in you. Now, the reason I say that is because it's so easy, as a child of God, it's so easy to make excuses. It's so easy to say, well, yeah, I know God will do that, but. And then we have, you know, our little list of reasons why it can't happen. Well, God said beyond all things, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above. Amen. So there, there's nothing that can hold God uh, or limit God unless you limit God. Really, to be honest, the, the majority of, of anything I could limit God's usually between your two ears. And that's the fact. What you're thinking, how you're thinking, what you're talking, what you're meditating on, that's usually going to be the thing that's going to limit God, all right? So we need to get our minds renewed to the things that we're talking about today and understand that God is able, beyond all things, to do, in, to do uh, exceedingly, abundantly above all that you could ask or think. Praise God. Amen. Now, let's, like I said, we're going to back up there and look at a couple of those other words, like exceedingly, for instance, okay? Uh, it means super abundantly, okay? 
That means uh, out of measure or without measure, or even uses the word, the synonym in their excess. Okay, that's God. Okay, God of excess. Okay, without measure. And the word above, uh, the Greek word hooper, okay, uh, which means uh, over and beyond, superior to, more than, better, best, highest. These are all synonyms to that word. So what he's talking about there, they're talking about infinite possibilities here. When he says that he's able to do beyond all things, exceedingly, abundantly above, see what he's talking about, amen, is that there's no, there's no limits in God. Amen. It's, there's infinite possibilities. Now, all of it's going to still be based on what we can get working in you, what, what's working in me. In other words, I don't want to be the one to limit God, and I don't want you to be the one to limit God, especially when you're in need of something, when you need something, a breakthrough of some type. You need a, a miracle, a sign, a wonder. You need God to do something on behalf of your household or family. Amen. The last thing you want to do is limit God. Now, the scriptures uh, talk about, you know, in Psalm 78, and I believe it's verse 41, they talk about the children of Israel. One of the things that the problem was when they were in, uh, in the wilderness was their, uh, really their continual uh, limiting God. The word says uh, to not limit the Holy One of Israel. Amen. But the problem was they kept limiting the Holy One of Israel. Amen. That even though God was willing to do this and willing to do that and even showed himself strong more times than you can count with the you know, pillar of, of cloud by, by day, a pillar of fire by night, every day seeing that, seeing, uh, you know, the manna come, water coming from a rock. We can go on and on and on, all the things that God did, parting the Red Sea, amen, closing it in on their enemies. Uh, it was just phenomenal what God had done. And yet, even though they constantly seen all that, they couldn't get enough working in them that no matter what, when the pressure got on, all they could do is go back to Egypt, so to speak, in their mind. Yeah, I wish we were back there. Oh, if we were only back there. And that's the problem we have sometimes. So it becomes now a thing that limits the Holy One of Israel, limits God, when all along there was no, there's no limits in Him. Amen. We're the only one that limited. And that's why, again, back in Ephesians 3, it says, that to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think according to the, the power that's at work in you. So it's according to that. So if we can get that, you know, in a sense, increased and get that part, uh, you know, kind of stepping up the game, so to speak, I guarantee you you'll see more things happen in your life. Amen. Now, what I want to do first here, because we want to talk about this, we're going to go to the book of Genesis, chapter 1, please. Genesis 1-1, okay, and I want you to see something here. I'm going to kind of do this in a little bit different way here today, but I'm, I'm believing that you're going to grab this, all right? Now, keep in mind, Jesus said this, okay, in Luke 1, okay, in verse 37. Now, sorry for the confusion here, but Luke 1, 37, he says, For with God nothing will be impossible. Okay, nothing will be impossible. And Jesus said this in Mark 9 and 23, If you can believe, all things are possible. To him who believes. So everything we're talking about here is about seeing God do the impossible. And if you can believe, amen, For if you can believe it, all things are possible. Now, I want you to hear this because I think it's worthy of saying this before I get into Genesis here. Okay, impossible is defined as this. This is what impossible is defined as. Okay, in, in just a, in your regular dictionary, it says this. Impossible is that which is seen as not possible or thought as not obtainable. That's, that's how it's defined. Okay? So impossible impossibilities is because we see it a certain way and we think it a certain way. All right? It's how we see it or how we think it. 
Okay, now that's, that's just something to understand because that's why he says if we can get something else working in you where you're not seeing it like you always saw it before and you're not thinking it like you used to always think it, okay, we can get some of this stuff working for you, praise God. Isn't it amazing how sometimes it's just that simple? You know, years ago, I, I, you know, I use this a lot, but uh, uh, Roger Bannister broke, uh, was the first one to break the four-minute mile. And I think it was back like in, I don't know, 1954 or something like that. And they literally said this. They said the phrase that would come out is, it's impossible for a human being to break a four-minute mile. That's what they used to always say. Well, all of a sudden, Roger Bannister comes along, and he breaks a four-minute mile. Now, they no longer can say it's impossible, right? Because now they're seeing it different, and they're thinking it different, okay? Do you know within the next six months, they said, I think it was like, uh, it was like uh, 12 other individuals broke the four-minute mile. It was some number like that, okay? And I apologize if I didn't quite get the numbers right. But it was, it was like a, a dozen or more uh, individuals went ahead and did the same thing, broke the four-minute mile. You know why? Because they no longer see it as impossible, and they no longer think it as impossible. And all of a sudden, everybody's breaking that four-minute mile, okay? And that's just a natural thing. But again, that's when you start looking at the word impossible. What's really impossible, okay, when you got God on the scene? See, that's the point I'm trying to make. Now, everybody doctrinally, you know, can maybe mentally somewhat agree with that statement. But what happens is if you're, you know, uh, under pressure and that's not what you're thinking or not how you're seeing it, it's going to affect you and what you get done. Now, with all that said, again, I apologize for kind of stepping back there for a second. But Genesis 1, verse 1, okay, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth in the beginning. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because in the beginning, God, okay? So this is the individual we're talking about. But at this particular time, he's referred to as Elohim. Okay, that's the Hebrew word, Elohim. Okay, now this word Elohim, okay, it's important to understand this because it means strong and faithful one. But it means one, uh, one who creates or causes nature to be. thought that was interesting. Who creates or causes nature nature to be, and preserves it, okay? He's an establisher of all natural laws. Now, that's why I wanted to bring it out, okay? He's an establisher. So God set it up. That's what Genesis 1's all about. Everything produces effort its own kind. He spoke this into existence. It, be, it came to pass. He said it's good. The next day spoke something else to pass. It is good, okay? And everything began to uh, basically be established. All natural laws were established in Genesis 1. Okay, everything begins to produce like it's supposed to. All right. So all the governing principles concerning this natural realm begin to be established by God. Okay. So now when you start thinking about how, you know, the sun comes up, you know, or actually how the earth rotates. But anyway, you know what I'm saying is, you know, sun's up at a, in the morning, you know, comes up in the west or probably in the east, goes down in the west. Let me, let me get it all figured out here, right? Amen. So then it, all, it all works the same way. It never changes. Okay. Everything, every seed produces after its own kind never changes. But now, understand that he's Elohim, the one that set it all into motion. But you have to also understand, okay, all right, that he's not only Elohim, okay? So let's look at now, since we're in Genesis, amen, um, let's go to like verse, chapter 17, and I'll kind of jump in here, all right? And uh, it says that uh, when Abraham, verse 1 now, I'm going to go, I think I'm just going to read a couple, a few of these verses. But it says, 
When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am Almighty God. I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Okay? Now he's referred to, the first time we see him referred to as Almighty. Okay? As I am Almighty God. Okay? Now, this word, okay, Almighty God, is the word El Shaddai, okay? It's usually kind of how we pronounce it. It might be a little off there, but it's El Shaddai, okay? Which means breasty one, all-sufficient one, one who is more than enough for anything. Basically, what you see him here now being revealed as having the power to constrain natural law however he needs to, okay? That's what this word here refers to. He's going to start showing you what what he can do even beyond natural law, how he can take a natural law and begin to shift it if he has to, okay? Now, hang on to this. Isaiah 40, let me bring this up to you, okay? Isaiah 40, verse 28, says, Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary, okay? And it says, His understanding is unsearchable, okay? Now, the reason I want to bring it up, because understanding the word there a lot of times referred to like wisdom or intelligence but it means skillfulness okay it means workmanship or ableness okay now hang on to that okay so his understanding his skillfulness his workmanship his ableness is unsearchable which means unfathomable or unmeasurable or has no limits okay has no limits okay so there is god is not limited so now what we're seeing here what we're seeing is that the one that created it all, that set it in motion, that caused it to work like it's supposed to work, has no limits. So if he has to shift something or change something to make something work for you and me, he can do that. So God is able. See, his ableness, amen, has no limits. Amen. So we're seeing here now he's starting to talk to Abraham in chapter 17 of Genesis that he is almighty God. Now, he goes on here in this same chapter, in verse 3, now if we just kind of take up there, it says, And Abram fell on his face, and talked, um, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham, for I have made you, here we go, a father of many nations. Now, up to this point, okay, he, you know, here he is, he's never had a child with, okay, with Sarah, his wife, okay. He said, I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will make uh, nations of you, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. Okay, now I'm reading a little bit of this. I'm going to kind of jump down here like verse, let's say, 17. It says, Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? Now, the reason I'm bringing this up, okay, I know there's a whole uh, deal that happens with Ishmael earlier. I understand all that. But I'm trying to show you here the promised child. See, God all along had it set up here. I want you, Abraham, amen, to be the father of the promised child. And I want to bring that child through Sarah, your wife, okay? Now, he says here what Abraham's bringing out is, listen, I'm 100 years old. Sarah's 90 years old. We're beyond, the, beyond childbearing, okay? How's this going to work, okay? Well, it, it's kind of set up, you know, that, you know, naturally speaking, 
Nobody has a child. Uh, you know, a, a lady ain't going to have a child at age 90, and a man ain't going to have a child at, at age 100. That's it, it, pretty much how it's set up, okay? But he says, I'm almighty God. I can override this. And in your case, I'm going to. All right? So now if you kind of get into chapter 18, I want to start kind of springing into what we got for you today. Verse 14 there, he's talking now. He says, is anything too hard for the Lord? See, he's starting to show himself, I am almighty God. Is there anything too hard for me? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. And we know that she did. Amen. You go on a little further, and obviously, Sarah, at 90 years old, has a child, all right, which defies, really, in a sense, natural law, okay? Now, I'd like to maybe do it this way, okay, anatomy, okay, if you kind of the study of the body, amen, would tell you that a 90-year-old woman is not going to be able to have a child, okay? Well, according to this, a 90-year-old woman had a child. Well, how did that happen? Well, because God is able. God is able, okay? We, we know in the scriptures, okay, in Luke 1, we see, uh, the, for instance, a virgin birth. We see Mary uh, becomes pregnant, okay? How did that happen? She'd never laid with a man, okay? But all of a sudden, the Spirit of God come upon her, all right? And she is now with child and, of course, gives birth, amen, to our Lord and Savior, which, again, how did that happen? Because that, does, that goes against natural law. That goes against anatomy, okay, because the way it was set up, all right? It goes against the study of the body. That's not, that's not how it works, okay? But the Spirit of God, amen, comes on the scene. God is able, all right, to do something that would override natural law, amen, praise God. We see in the scriptures many times uh, miracles that happen. For instance, the one time a woman who's been bowed over, uh, uh, an elderly lady who's bowed over, okay, over years her body uh, began to, uh, you know, uh, disfigure, and pretty soon she's all bowed over and all crippled up uh, because of whatever has happened, and all of a sudden Jesus is now on the scene, all right? He ministers to her, and she is raised up. Amen. We're talking about something that happened instantaneous, okay? It defies anatomy, okay? It doesn't, because even naturally speaking, if there was some kind of a cure, there's going to be some heavy-duty surgery. There's going to be all kinds of, uh, you know, working with this and working with that, trying to somehow get, and Jesus comes along, and the thing happens, because God is able. A man with a withered hand, the same kind of thing. Over the years, this withered hand is, is become what it is, and within a, a few seconds, amen, that man's withered hand is extended and becomes whole, okay? It defies natural law. Are you hearing me today, all right? That's what God can do. God is able. In the book of Jeremiah, let's just kind of get cruising here. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 32, please. Amen. It's actually kind of a fun chapter when you kind of read the whole thing. But uh, verse 27, it says, Behold, this is what God says to Jeremiah, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Okay, again, this is Jeremiah 32 and 27. Is there anything too hard? He said, I'm the God of all flesh. Okay, and there's nothing too hard for him. All right, there's nothing there that can limit God. Amen. He's the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? All right. Now I'm thinking about not only anatomy, but how about biology? 
you know, the study of life sciences and things, uh, of life itself, okay, in all things. And you think about how many times, okay, the, 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 the miraculous happened, okay, where God overrode natural law. A man that's blind, he takes mud, smears mud in the man's eye, tells him to go dip in a certain pool, and the man's made to see again. Now, I understand there's all kinds of ways of looking at this, but the bottom line is, okay, we're talking about eyes that were, in a sense, dead, that didn't work, okay, and takes something. Okay, now, why he did that? Obviously, God must have told him to do it because he said, I don't do anything unless I, you know, see the Father do it. I don't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. So, obviously, he must have heard or saw something by the Spirit. He did that, and it happened. How many times when the dead are raised, okay? According to biology, when a, when a, when a thing's dead, it's dead. It doesn't, it doesn't start back up again. But according, uh, when you got a God that's able, you can have a dead, dead person raised. We, we knew the, uh, the, the widow woman of uh, uh, Nain what, that had her son raised from the dead. All right, we know Lazarus in, in John 11 raised from the dead. Our, our Lord and Savior himself raised from the dead. All of this defies natural law. Why? Because God is able, child of God. God is able. All right. Never limit God. God is able. Praise God. Hallelujah. I was thinking about it even in the in the course of uh, you know as far as um, uh, Naaman. Remember, uh, Naaman had uh, leprosy. Okay, we see in the old covenant, and the prophet of God said, "Go dip seven times in the river Jordan." Well, you know, he had a little struggle there; didn't get it, but he went and did it. Okay, and all of a sudden, the word says, after the seventh time, he dipped into the river Jordan. He came up, and his flesh was like flesh of a new baby. All right, new fresh skin. Okay, how did that happen? Well, God is able. Okay, that defies natural law. Okay, God is able. Okay, we, we can just go on and on and on. How many times something that in a sense is dead, okay, but yet brought back to life, amen, because of a God who is able. Now, natural law says, you know, this is the way it works. This is the decay of a body. Or when something doesn't work no more, this is how it begins to then be, you know, it's no longer functioning. It won't function again. But now here comes a God who's able that overrides natural law, causes something to come back to life again. It's phenomenal when you think about it. Hallelujah. Luke uh, 18, please. Luke 18. Oh, I hear you. I hope you're hearing this, child of God. Luke 18, verse 27. Okay, Jesus said this, The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Okay, so even when things, we start thinking about things that are impossible with a man, yet God comes along, amen, the God who's able can override natural law and see something happen, praise God. And I was thinking about this in the area of physics, okay? Now, I'm just kind of using these natural laws, okay? Physics can be, uh, you know, really talks about matter and, the, uh, you know, how matter is and function of matter and what, what you know, all that kind of stuff. Now, granted, it kind of blows over my head. But, but, okay, I do know this, okay, everything is made of something, okay? It's got matter to it, okay? And uh, you think about a lot of times how God took a natural law and overrode it, okay, because God is able. Think about Jesus walking on the water, okay? And even at one time, Peter walked on the water, okay? That defies, okay, that defies a natural law, all right? That defies physics, but yet they did it, okay? Uh, you know, you think the feeding of uh, 4,000 or the feeding of the 5,000, taking a few 
a few loaves and a few fish, okay, and somehow it multiplies. See, it defies, it defies, uh, you know, natural law. But they did it and then end up with even more leftovers, amen, than what they started with after they fed 5,000 or fed the 4,000. Okay, what is, what's going on here? Well, it defies physics, okay? That doesn't work. We're taking, this is all you got to work with, and yet somehow it becomes something much more, okay? How does that happen? Because you have a God that's able. So no matter what, see, remember, he's able to do, you know, beyond. What was that, that word there? And then in the Greek it brought out, he said it was, uh, um, how did he word that? Let me find that real quick. Hallelujah. He says, uh, beyond all things. There it is. Beyond all things. So no matter what you're facing, beyond all things, God is able to do. No matter what you're staring at or what you're dealing with. So you have to understand that no matter even what natural law tells you, when you got the God who is able on the scene, amen, he can defy even natural laws, amen, to see to it that something happens for you and me. That's phenomenal. How hallelujah. All right, how about this, child of God? Uh, let's see. Let's go to um, uh, let's go to Mark, Mark four. We're not too far. Let's go back a book here, Mark four. Kind of jump into that. And verse forty-one. Now, this, of course, this is after Jesus rebukes uh, the wind and he speaks to the sea to be still. Verse forty-one says, and and then the boys in the boat, right? They feared exceedingly and said to one another, "Who can this be?" Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Well, he's the God who's able. Okay? He's the God who's able. So you think about this now. Okay, to me again, okay, what we're talking about here is uh, you can maybe say the weather. Okay, I don't know, was that meteorology, I think, or something like that? Uh, You know, how you can defy that. Okay, we got the windstorm. Okay, it begins to stir the waters. We have problems out there at sea. And with the word, okay, I mean, he rebukes, the word says he rebuked uh, the wind, and then he said something to the sea to be still, all right? And when he did that, it defied, okay, natural law. Now, you and me would look at that, and we think, well, you know, it's a windy day, you know, it's going to be nasty out there, we better not, we better not get, you know, be out there, better not go, better not do, better not whatever. See, all of a sudden, it becomes a, a limitation or a hindrance, and he says, but yet, when the God who is able is on the scene, he can override even the weather if have to, all right? Hang on to that, child, because it still does happen, all right, when you got people that have it working in them. Again, let's go back to that, right? According to the power that's at work, according to that to-be-possible force that's at work or active or energized on the inside of you and me. If you can believe this, that's why Jesus said, if you can believe it, all things are possible. What can you believe for today, child of God? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, How about this, Philippians 4? Let's look at this. Philippians 4. Kind of cruise along here, but Philippians 4, verse 19 says this, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Okay, now what? Okay, so now, you notice there it says it's not according. He doesn't, you know, meet your need according to your need. He meets your need according to his riches in glory. So you might be looking at your need, amen, and then been adjusting your life to somehow, you know, line up to the natural law, so to speak, about your condition at that time. But yet beyond all things, regardless of your condition, regardless of what's happening, regardless of how much you have, he's able to meet that need 
according to his riches in glory. Why? Because God is able. He's not limited. He's not limited by the economy. He's not limited by your amount of resources. He's not limited uh, by anything in the natural realm. Everything he can meet a need based on his riches and glory because God is able. And I think about so many times here, um, you know, I'm kind of skipping along here, but the, uh, the widow woman with the jars of oil that never ran dry, how that met a need, okay? Uh, he sent the boy, uh, sent, I think it was Peter fishing, right, to get the tax, uh, the temple tax to pay. And reels in a fish, and he says, open its mouth. You're going to find what you need in its mouth. Say, what? Uh, see, God's not held by the economic system of today. He's not held by your level of financial, uh, uh, you know, what you have financially, your backing or whatever. He's not, he's not limited by any of it, okay? Think about this, okay? A net break and load, and he did with, with the boys. You know, they're out there all, day, all night fishing. They can't get nothing. And then all of a sudden, he just says, you know, throw your net off to that one side. And, you know, they were kind of arguing a little bit on the inside about it. But he said, okay, nevertheless, that's your word. They threw a net. Now, he said nets, but they said they threw a net. Whatever. That could be maybe a little technicality there. But the bottom line is, okay, they reeled in so many fish that it took a couple boatloads of guys to hook to kind of drag that uh, net breaking load in, all right, that came off that one, just that one net. So maybe if they would have threw you know, multiple nets out there, they, they might have had enough to, they could have retired on. I mean, I don't know, but the bottom line is, okay, they see a God is able. How can God uh, do something like that? Amen. Because he's able. He's not limited. Okay. He can meet your needs. Amen. Not based on your surroundings. He can override that. He can override any kind of natural law with the supernatural, praise God. Hallelujah. Why? Because God is able. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Joshua 6, please. Hallelujah. Hope you're hearing it. Joshua 6. Now, of course, G, uh, Joshua is called to you know, take the, uh, the, the children of Israel in to, take the, um, to get Jericho. But before he went in, the Lord said this to him. Uh, Joshua 6 and 2 says this. And the Lord said to Joshua, See... I have given Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty men, and you know, talking about their mighty man of valor. Amen. So in other words, I've turned, I've, I've already given you the city. Well, they hadn't even, they haven't even done anything yet. They ain't even headed over there yet. And yet he says, no, I've given it to you. Why? Because he's able. And then we know the whole story and how phenomenal that story was. All right. Now, I was just thinking about this. OK, this is what to me, I, I believe it's called uh, tectonics. OK, and it's talking about, you know, the uh, the earth's crust and the, and the movement of the earth and all that kind of stuff. And you're thinking about when he told them to go in there and take it. He said, march around the city every day, one time around that city. And, and then the seventh day, you march around seven times. And he says, and when the trumpets blast, you're going to all shout a victory shout. And he said, and the walls are going to come down. Now, you know, as well as I do, OK, that. That defies natural, that don't, don't sound right, okay? And they, they could have all, you know, kind of warred with that in their head a little bit. And, and I believe that's why Joshua told him nobody's going to talk for one week. I mean, he said no talking until we shout the shout of victory. Then, all right, we're able to talk. But uh, I think that's why he did that, okay, because we're going we're gonna to mess it up if we sit here and start discussing it because when you start trying to analyze something like that in your head, it don't make any sense. But yet God can override all natural law. So all of a sudden they, the, you know, they do that seven 
time march around that on the seventh day, the trumpets blare, and the, they, they shout a victory shout. The walls literally got, basically, in a sense, came straight down, swallowed into the earth, so to speak. They all came down, amen, and they, they, they have received. Just like God said, see, I have given it to you, amen. See, what can we get working in you? See, God can do so many phenomenal things if we can get it working in you. See, we limit ourselves by looking around, being moved by the natural realm and natural law. And we're not denying the existence of natural law. Don't you, uh, you know, shut this down and say, you know, that's easy to think we're all, you know. No, there's still natural law out there that works a certain way. But when God comes on the scene, he's able to do, he's El Shaddai. He's, he's the breasty one, the all-sufficient God, the God who's more than enough. He can make anything work, amen. He can cause whatever has to happen to meet the need for you, to see things happen for you. Why? Because God is able, praise God. Oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I was thinking about this since we're back here. Let's go to Exodus chapter 3. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Exodus chapter 3. What we got is Moses. Amen. Up here talking to a burning bush. All right. Chapter 3, verse, let's see, I think verse uh, 14. And uh, the whole time now he's sitting there, he's talking to a burning bush. Okay. And, and this, is what, this is what God said. He answers Moses, see, a question of Moses. You know, well, who, you know who are you? What's your, what, you know, who am I going to say you are? Your name. He says, I am. This is what the Lord said to Moses, verse 14 of Exodus 3. I am who I am, said the Lord. Thus says, uh, you shall say to the children of Israel, I am uh, has sent me to you. I am that I am. Now, remember, he just got done talking to a burning bush. Okay, now this bush, okay, is, is lit on fire, but yet not being consumed. Okay, seeing something that defies natural law. And then he tells him he's going to go in. And then all the other things, the signs and wonders and the miracles that he had to do in there, amen, in Egypt, all defied natural law. Every one of them defied natural law. But yet, he's a God who's able. A God who's able to do beyond all things. Amen. Exceedingly abundantly above. Amen. He's not limited. Amen. So if we can get it working in you, Amen. You can operate a life without limits. Amen. Why? Because you got a God who's able. Now, I thought when I was looking at this, I, I, you know, I'm kind of thinking about, you know, natural laws and things like that. Botany is that, you know, talking about the, you know, plant life and all that. And I'm thinking about all the different things that God even did there. Okay. The burning bush that was not consumed, even though it was lit on fire, so to speak, it, it didn't consume. I think about uh, water turned into wine. Okay. Uh, just think about how that defied Natural laws, okay? The fig tree died because he spoke to it, all right? Defies natural natural laws, all right? The rod that budded, okay? Okay, with Aaron's rod that budded, okay, defied natural laws. I mean, I'm just saying, this is just even things, how God, he's just not limited. He's just not limited. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think according to whatever's working in you. So we can get something working in you, active in you, energized in you. Praise God. All of a sudden, you're going to see the signs, the wonders, the miracles. You're going to see God do glorious things, breakthroughs like you've never had before will begin to happen for you, child of God. Why? Because God is able. Praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Let me just give you another one here. Uh, maybe before I let you go, Jeremiah again. Uh, let's go back to Jeremiah and chapter 32 again. I probably could have gave you this one a little earlier, but let's just look at it now. Jeremiah 32, again, but we're going to go a little further in that same chapter. In verse 17, he says, um, whoops, wrong, there we are. Verse 17, 
of chapter 32, it says, Oh, all Lord God. Now, this is Jeremiah talking to God, okay? Behold, you have made the heavens and the earth, and by your great power, amen, and outstretched arm, there is nothing too hard for you. And you know, she said, you've made the heavens and the earth. Now, we, of course, we started this whole thing talking about, you know, the one that, that created it all, how Elohim designed it all and created it all, all right? Okay, but understand, okay, he says here, he says, there, your great power and your great outstretched arm, amen, there's nothing too hard for you. You made it all. And you can you can do you can do whatever you want. You're you're the God who's able. Praise God. You're not limited by things. And so I was thinking about when I was reading this, even astronomy. Okay, talking about the study of stars and things. Think about how God what God did in those situations. You know, He caused He caused you know the the wise men. They literally followed a star because we could say, well, you know, all these planets all aligned a certain way and did. Okay, great. Okay, but then even when they went to, uh, to uh, you know, came into uh, you know Jerusalem there, and then they got sent to uh, you know where they had to go. They said they followed the star. They followed the star. They followed the star, and they said it lined them up just right to where they knew where they had to go. To right where the young child was. The point is this, how did all that happen? How was God able to do all that? Well, it defies natural laws. And you think about how many other things that he did, okay, uh, with Joshua, the son, he he commanded the sun to stand still. Now, of course, there's some other thing we could say, well, was it really the sun? Was it the earth rotation stop? Whatever, whatever, whatever. The point is this, okay, somehow or another, their day extended. And there was no question about it. Their day had extended. They were able to finish the battle that they had to finish. All right. And somehow God extended that day an extra day. How did that happen? It defies all natural law. Well, it's because we have a God who's able. A God that's not limited. You know, you get into Genesis 1. It talks about he brought everything. Uh, you know, the earth, the moon, the stars. Everything was there for a purpose. All right. And he even said, even for signs. Okay? Well, that's what happened. Amen. We saw in a couple situations here, there was a sign or two. Praise God. The point I'm trying to make with everything I brought out here today, amen, was the fact that we have a God who's able. A God that's not limited by natural law. Praise God. A God that can do all things. Amen. Is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think. Praise God. Hallelujah. According to whatever's working in you, the power that's at work in you. Amen. Beyond all things, no matter what you're facing, child of God, no matter what you're dealing with, what you're going through. Amen. I'm telling you that no matter how it looks naturally, you have a God who's able, amen, to override even natural law if need be to make sure your needs met to make sure you get your breakthrough, to make sure, praise God, you get things, amen, handled in your life, amen. Let God, hallelujah, be God. Let God be the God who's able in your life, praise God. I hope you got something today, uh, child of God. Father, I give you praise and glory. I call this people blessed. I thank you they had an ear to hear, a heart to receive, Lord God. And thank you again for opening the eyes of our understanding that we might walk with a little bit more insight and revelation, praise God. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Child of God, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO Victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org.
That's wovictory.org. See you there.